Welcome back to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff, and this is my podcast that's mostly for parents of children who are undergoing treatment for cancer or leukemia, but it's also for anyone else who's interested. And like I've said before, I really wish you didn't have a reason to be tuning into this podcast. There's every chance you're listening to this because your own child or some other loved one has been hit with one of these diseases. So I hope you're finding a path forward. Anyway, today I'm going to talk about lymphoma. Lymphoma. And in particular, I just want to explain what lymphoma is. And I want to talk about this whole question of Hodgkin's lymphoma versus non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And then talk about some of the different types of lymphoma and something about the way they're treated in brief. But really, the different types of lymphoma deserve separate episodes all of their own. So today is really a bit of an introductory episode to lymphoma. But the first thing to say is that, yes, lymphoma is a form of cancer. And in particular, it's a cancer in the cells that we call the lymphoid cells, the lymphatic cells, if you like. And I'll explain what they are in a minute. The other thing to mention right from the start is that Most of the time, lymphoma is a disease where there's a good chance to cure the disease with modern chemotherapy and sometimes radiotherapy. So most of the time when we think about lymphoma, we're thinking about a disease where we've got a pretty good chance to cure it with treatment. Now, the treatment might be strong and sometimes it's long and it can be an ordeal to go through. But most of the time, we're thinking about a disease where we're thinking we've got a good chance to cure it. And another thing just to get out of the way is to say that you'll hear about lymphoma in adults as well, but lymphoma in adults includes a whole lot of different forms of lymphoma, whereas mostly in children it's one of about four or five different types of lymphoma that we see. And so some of those other adult forms of lymphoma are pretty uncommon in children. So anything you've seen or heard about lymphoma in adults might not be very relevant to what I've got to say about lymphoma in children. So first off, why don't I explain this word lymphoma, why it's called lymphoma. So first off, just think about times when you've had a sore throat or when your child has had a sore throat, you know, tonsillitis, and the doctor feels the neck and says, oh yeah, the glands are up in the neck. You know, they can feel these glands in the neck. Well, they're called lymph glands, also called lymph nodes. And it turns out we've got these collections of these things called lymph glands in multiple different places in the body. So we've got them in the neck. We've got them in that area just above the collarbones, you know, at the bottom of the neck, above the clavicles. We have clusters of lymph nodes in our armpits. We have them in our groins, you know, right at the top of the leg there. And then inside the body, we have clusters of these lymph nodes around the lungs, between the lungs and the heart. And we have collections of them in the abdomen and pelvis. Now, most of the time in life, the role of these lymph gland things or lymph nodes is to respond to infections. 
So if you get an infection in your big toe, well, the germ can travel up the lymphatic blood vessels and then it meets up with the lymph nodes behind the knee or in the groin at the top of the leg. And at that location, the lymph nodes are functioning as part of your immune system. So the specialised white blood cells in the lymph nodes, and they're called lymphoid cells or lymphocytes, these cells, they detect the presence of the infection there, and then they respond. And they respond by multiplying and proliferating and making antibodies that can then travel through the bloodstream and go back to your big toe and fight the infection in your big toe. And so what you might see if someone has an infection in the big toe is that the lymph nodes, the lymph glands at the top of the leg, well, they can also get red and swollen and sore. And that's because they're responding to the infection in the big toe. And likewise, when a child has tonsillitis, well, the lymph glands, the lymph nodes in the neck, they're also responding to the tonsillitis. They're detecting the presence of the infection and they're responding, mounting an immune response to help the body to eradicate the infection. So that's what lymph nodes do most of the time in life. That's their role, is to sort of filter fluids coming back from particular areas of the body, detect infections and then respond. And so if you went and took out a lymph node from someone, just took out a completely normal lymph node from their neck or their groin or their armpit, and then you looked at it with a microscope, well, what you'd see would be a whole bunch of white blood cells. And in particular, they'd be a certain type of white blood cell called lymphocytes. You know, the bone marrow makes all sorts of white blood cells. It makes neutrophils and monocytes and eosinophils and all sorts of others, but it also makes these special white blood cells called lymphocytes. And the lymphocytes end up living in the lymph nodes. Now, they are also travelling around the bloodstream, of course, and they're also present in other areas of the body, They're present in the tonsils, they're present in the wall of the intestine, they're present in all sorts of places. But in particular, they tend to hang out in these lymph nodes, these lymph glands, and they sit there waiting for an infection to come along, and then when it does come along, they mount their response. They multiply, they produce antibodies, they do all sorts of things to help the body to fight the infection. And so now we get to the explanation for that term, lymphoma. And lymphoma is basically cancer of one of those lymphocyte cells. And most of the time, what that causes is a lump to develop in one of these lymph glands. And so with lymphoma, that's what we are usually seeing, is a lump in one of the lymph glands maybe in the neck, maybe in the armpit, maybe in the chest, the abdomen, the groins, but somewhere we're seeing a lump of tissue develop in the lymph glands. And that's lymphoma. Now, I say most of the time it's in the lymph glands because, like I said, lymphocytes travel around the body in the bloodstream and then they end up in other places, in the tonsils, in the intestines, in all sorts of places. So if a lymphocyte cell becomes cancerous and forms a lump somewhere else, well, it's still called lymphoma. So you can have lymphoma in the tonsil. You can have lymphoma in the intestines. You can have lymphoma in bone. 
You can have lymphoma in the skin. So there's all sorts of places where lymphoma can develop, but it develops as a cancer of one of these lymphoid cells that's forming a lump. Now, I just mentioned now that lymphoma is in many ways a sort of close relative of leukemia. So there's a leukemia that also develops in these lymphoid cells. And in childhood, that's normally what we call acute lymphoblastic leukemia. Again, that's a cancer of lymphoid cells. But the main difference when we think about leukemia versus lymphoma is that leukemia tends to be a disease that's occupying a lot of the bone marrow and is often spilling over into the bloodstream. And so we can see the abnormal cells, the cancer cells, circulating in the blood. On the other hand, lymphoma tends to form a lump somewhere, and while it may go to the bone marrow, well, we're normally only seeing a lower level of infiltration in the bone marrow than we are in leukaemia. It ends up a bit of an artificial distinction, but we say often that if the bone marrow cells are more than about 25% malignant cells, well then we would call it leukaemia. And often with leukaemia, it's more like 90% or 95% of the cells in the bone marrow that are malignant cells. But when lymphoma spreads to the bone marrow, normally we're seeing a lower level of malignant cells in the bone marrow. So we might see 10% or 20% of the cells in the bone marrow that look like cancer cells. But really, leukaemia and lymphoma Often they're very closely related diseases and often we end up using very similar treatment as well. But if you just think of it as lymphoma being more like a cancer that forms a lump, you know, a mass somewhere, whereas leukaemia you can think of more as a liquid sort of cancer. It's more all through the bone marrow and the bloodstream. Well, that's a sort of a way to understand the difference between lymphoma and leukaemia. Next thing to say is that Lymphoma is one of the more common types of cancer that we see in children. Remember that about 1 in 600 children will get cancer or leukaemia between birth and the age of about 15 years. So about 1 in 600. Well, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma makes up about 6% of childhood cancer and Hodgkin's disease makes up about 5% of childhood cancer. So that makes them among the more common types of cancer that we end up seeing and treating. As for what causes lymphoma, well, we don't really know what causes lymphoma. We're not aware of anything in people's lifestyle, for instance, that causes it. We don't find that it's connected to, you know, what people eat and what people drink or what they did when they were pregnant or where they've been or where they haven't been or anything like that. Now, we're not aware of any lifestyle connections causing lymphoma. I guess the one thing that stands out is that Children that have a severe immune deficiency, and I mean a severe one, they are at a higher risk of getting some forms of lymphoma, but really they just make up a very minor proportion of all cases of lymphoma. And I'm not talking about kids who get a lot of colds. I'm talking about kids with serious medically diagnosed immune deficiencies. But basically, no, we don't really know what causes lymphoma. Now, the next thing I want to talk about is this distinction between Hodgkin's lymphoma and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So you'll hear those terms, Hodgkin's disease or Hodgkin's lymphoma versus 
non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And basically, if you went back 50 years or 70 years or 100 years, well, that was the main distinction. Uh, Whoever Dr. Hodgkin's was, well, he had described a particular form of lymphoma and it had a particular appearance under the microscope, and that was called Hodgkin's disease. And then they saw patients that also had lymphoma but didn't have that appearance, and they all got called non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. So that's where it came from. There used to be Hodgkin's lymphoma, and then all the rest were lumped together and called non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And for a long time, the non-Hodgkin's lymphomas tended to be treated in pretty similar fashion. But really, over the last few decades, we've worked out that non-Hodgkin's lymphoma is really made up of lots of different diseases, and so we can't think of them all as one disease anymore, and certainly we don't treat them all the same anymore. So that distinction of Hodgkin's versus non-Hodgkin's, you know, it's a bit like if you looked at all the different forms of meat out there and you divided meat into beef and non-beef, or if you divided fruits into apples and non-apples, well, obviously, that's no way to classify things. And so it is with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. There's a number of different types of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and they're what I'm going to talk about in a minute. Next, I just want to talk a little bit about how patients with lymphoma present to the doctors in the first place. And it's a pretty variable thing how they might present because it depends where this lump of lymphoma is. But a number of children with lymphoma, the first thing that anyone notices will be that they develop a lump somewhere. It might be a lump in the neck or it might be a lump down there near the collarbone or in the armpit or in the groins. And we're talking about a lump that persists and slowly gets bigger and slowly gets bigger and eventually comes to medical attention. It may be that the lump of lymphoma is in the chest, so it might be in between the lungs and the heart or in front of the heart. There's a normal tissue there called the thymus. Well, if the thymus gets lymphoma in it, well, that can cause a lump in front of the heart. And lumps may cause a cough, might cause breathlessness or pain and eventually it might be that a chest x-ray is done and that's how we work out that there seems to be a lump there. If the lump is in the abdomen well that might cause abdominal pain or it might cause constipation and it may be that eventually the patient has an ultrasound for instance of the abdomen and that's how they find that there's a lump present. And of course a lump of lymphoma can occur pretty much anywhere so it could be in a bone and cause a pain in the bone or a fracture through a bone could cause a lump in the skin it really depends where this deposit of lymphoma is located some children will have fevers weight loss night sweats those sort of symptoms can occur particularly with Hodgkin's disease But eventually the child comes to medical attention and maybe some tests are done, some x-rays, some ultrasounds, and it appears that there's a lump there and that we need to work out what it is. And eventually a biopsy is done, so a surgeon takes a piece of the lump out or a sample is taken with a needle being put into the mass and slides are made and the pathologists look at it and that's how they work out what the diagnosis is. And so the pathologist can look at this biopsy and work out, is it lymphoma? And if it is lymphoma, is it Hodgkin's disease? Or is it one of these types of 
non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And by the way, there's plenty of other causes for a swollen lymph node apart from lymphoma. There's all sorts of infections and all sorts of other sorts of reactive processes that can cause an enlarged lymph node. So don't think every child with a large lymph gland has got lymphoma. But certainly a lump that appears and then persists and slowly gets bigger, well, that's something that needs attention. And eventually with a biopsy, that's how we determine that lymphoma may be present. Now, once we get to that stage, we're very much in the hands of the paediatric cancer service. And so the next steps will be to do a whole bunch of scans and look at the whole body and look for any evidence of spread of this lymphoma away from that main lump. There'll usually be some sort of bone marrow test. In some forms of lymphoma, there'll be a lumbar puncture to check the spinal fluid, all sorts of tests and scans, etc., to work out exactly where is this lymphoma. And then we can get on with treating it. So I'll do separate episodes on all of the different types of lymphoma, but let me just say a few things now. So the first one to mention is Hodgkin's disease or Hodgkin's lymphoma. This one's more common in teenagers, but we can see it in younger children as well, and you see it in adult patients as well. Very often presents either with a lump in the neck or a lump in the chest, but it can develop elsewhere in the body as well. When we diagnose Hodgkin's disease... We'll normally go on and do all of those scans and work out if it's a stage 1, 2, 3 or 4 disease. And that all depends on whether it's just present in one lymph node or whether it's spread to others, whether it's spread to lymph nodes below the diaphragm and above the diaphragm, and then whether it's spread to the bone marrow or to the lungs or elsewhere in the body. So we'll work out if it's stage 1, 2, 3 or 4 and then work out a plan of treatment. Most of the time when we treat children with lymphoma, we're going to use anti-cancer drugs, so chemotherapy drugs, and a lot of the time we end up having to use radiation therapy as well. Now, I've done podcast episodes on chemotherapy and radiotherapy, so you can listen to all of those. But it's always a question of working out who needs chemotherapy, who needs radiotherapy, and how strong does the chemotherapy need to be? All these very important questions. The key thing to stress is that the great majority of patients with Hodgkin's disease are cured of their disease. So most patients with Hodgkin's disease are going to be treated, they're going to have chemotherapy, maybe they're going to have radiotherapy, but the great majority of them will be permanently cured of their disease. And so we really stress avoiding long-term side effects when we design a treatment plan for Hodgkin's disease. And everything we do in treating Hodgkin's disease is geared up to make sure we cure the patient and leave them with as few side effects, particularly long-term side effects, as possible. Next, I want to talk about non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And like I said, in adult lymphoma, there seem to be dozens of different types of lymphoma. And I suppose there are in paediatrics as well, but Really, today I just want to talk about four main types of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And really, I just want to mention them and tell you a little bit about them and talk about them in more detail in subsequent episodes. The first one to talk about is one that we call T-cell lymphoma. We also call it lymphoblastic lymphoma. T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma. 
This one's also more common in teenagers, particularly teenage males. And in particular, it tends to occur in the chest, in that lymphoid tissue that's in front of the heart or next to the heart and lungs. And so may present with a big lump of tissue in there that we find on a chest x-ray. And that can sometimes be a bit of an emergency, by the way. It can be compressing the breathing and everything and require urgent management. But T-cell lymphoblastic lymphoma can occur elsewhere in the body as well. This disease is very similar to T-cell acute lymphoblastic leukemia. And that's why the names are so similar, because... In a lot of ways, it's almost the same disease, it seems. So the difference is that the patients with T-cell lymphoma tend to have a lump of disease and maybe a little bit of spread to the bone marrow, whereas the T-cell leukemia patients have more disease in the bone marrow and spreading through the bloodstream. But very often, we use treatment for this lymphoblastic lymphoma that's identical to that we might use for lymphoblastic leukemia. Sometimes there's some subtle differences, some minor differences in therapy, but very often it's very similar treatment to what we might use for leukemia. And those leukemia protocols typically involve giving pretty strong chemotherapy drugs, uh, often for five or six months, giving a lot of chemotherapy drugs, and then following it with some sort of maintenance tablet-style chemotherapy, often out to a total of about two years. So a big, long program of treatment. But again, with this form of lymphoma, most of the time we're pretty optimistic that the disease can be cured and that with one run-through of this program of treatment that we can eradicate it permanently. Not always, but certainly most of the time. So that's T-cell lymphoma or T-cell lymphoblastic non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. Next one to mention is one called B-cell lymphoma. See, when you talk about lymphocytes, by the way, they're a particular type of white blood cell, like I said, but there's a basic division between the B-cells and the T-cells, and they do different things in your body. They fight infections in different ways. Anyway, the next one is this B-cell lymphoma. And this one's often also called Burkitt's lymphoma. Burkitt, B-U-R-K-I-T-T apostrophe S, Burkitt's lymphoma. No doubt some other doctor who described this disease. And then the other name for it, believe it or not, is small non-cleaved cell non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. S-N-C-C-N-H-L. Small non-cleaved cell bit of a dumb name if you ask me, but that's what it gets called. Anyway, if you think of it as B-cell lymphoma or Burkitt's lymphoma, that'd be the more common name that gets thrown around. Now, this one has a particular tendency to occur in the abdomen. And in particular, it can cause pain in the abdomen, it can cause bowel obstructions, and it can cause this weird problem called intersusception. I'm not even going to spell intersusception for you because it's about the hardest word I know to spell. But intersusception is this condition where part of your intestine sort of telescopes inside itself, causing abdominal pain and bowel obstruction. And this is something you see in little kids just happening spontaneously, nothing to do with lymphoma. But if an older child 
you know, a five or a six-year-old has this intersusception thing happening, well, the surgeon will always go looking for lymphoma because somehow this lump of lymphoma causes this weird intersusception problem. Anyway, Burkitt's lymphoma very classically occurs in the abdomen and often with big lumps of disease and, and a patient who's quite sick and often with spread of the disease to lymph glands elsewhere in the body and to the bone marrow and and elsewhere. Now you can get this B-cell lymphoma or Burkitt's lymphoma occurring just in one lump. I've seen it in one tonsil, for instance, and it can occur just in one lymph node somewhere. But the real classic case is the patient who has it in the abdomen, and and usually it's an aggressive, fast-moving process. They say it's about the fastest-growing cancer of them all, actually. So when we see these patients, we have to move pretty quickly and get all our scans done within a matter of just a few days and get on with treatment. And the treatment for Burkitt's lymphoma is also with chemotherapy. Tends to be very strong chemotherapy that's just given for a few months, like three, five, six months, but really strong and spend a lot of time in hospital. In fact, it was the French that worked out this technique about 20 years ago to give big, strong chemo, but only for a short time. And so the outlook for Burkitt's lymphoma is now very good. The great majority of patients with Burkitt's lymphoma or this B-cell lymphoma will be permanently cured with chemotherapy. But it tends to be pretty rough chemotherapy. Next lymphoma type to mention is another one that's sort of often a B-cell lymphoma but the pathologists describe the appearances under the microscope as being large cells. So it's called large cell lymphoma. Doesn't tend to be so different to the others. Sometimes we see this one in the chest as well. We can see it in the abdomen and elsewhere. And the large cell lymphomas tend most of the time to have been treated a bit like the Burkitt's lymphomas. And again, with a pretty good outlook. So chemotherapy drugs tend to be strong drugs, shorter course of therapy, a matter of a few months, but with a good outlook. And the fourth form of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma I want to mention is also a large cell lymphoma, but this one's called anaplastic large cell lymphoma. It can develop in lymph glands as well, but it also has a particular tendency to involve the skin And we've worked out in the last decade or so that this disease is different to the other large cell lymphomas. And in particular, it often has an abnormality of a particular gene, a particular bit of DNA called the ALK gene. And these days, there's some new drugs out there that work on this particular abnormality if normal chemotherapy doesn't work. But anaplastic large cell lymphoma tends to have a different combination of chemotherapy drugs that we use, still strong chemotherapy drugs, and the exciting development has been that these new drugs, these ALK inhibitor drugs, have been developed, and we're still working out how best to use them, when to apply them, which patients need them, etc. So they're the main forms of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that I'll mention today. Again, we've got the lymphoblastic one or the T-cell one, which is pretty similar to leukemia. We've got the Burkitt's lymphoma or B-cell lymphoma. We've got large cell lymphoma, which is a bit like B-cell lymphoma. And then we've got that anaplastic large cell lymphoma, 
which is a different entity. Now, there are other forms of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma that occur in children and teenagers. There's diffuse mediastinal B-cell lymphoma. There's various skin lymphomas. There's a whole variety of others, but I think the main ones are the ones that I've mentioned today. Anyway, that's my quick introduction to lymphoma. Again, it's cancer that arises from one of these lymphoid cells, and oftentimes they're lymphoid cells that are in one of the lymph glands, but really they can appear pretty much anywhere in the body and form a lump of lymphoma. We've got Hodgkin's lymphoma, and then we've got multiple different types of non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And so to know what the particular outlook is, you need to know exactly what disease you're talking about. We need to know what stage the disease is, how much is it spread away from wherever it started, and then we can come up with a prognosis and a treatment plan. I could generalise and say that most of the time when we're treating someone with lymphoma, we're optimistic that we can cure the disease. But really, you need to get all of the details from your particular team, from the doctors. What is the lymphoma type? What stage? What treatment's going to be given? You've got to get all of the details. Anyway, thanks for tuning in today to Understanding Childhood Cancer. I'm Dr. Jeff. I hope this has been helpful. I do have a Facebook page. You could go there. You go to Facebook. You look up Understanding Childhood Cancer with Dr. Jeff. And you've got to spell Jeff, G-E-O-F-F. And you can leave comments or questions, complaints there. In the meantime, hug that child, look after yourself, be nice to the nurses, and I'll talk to you next time. Bye now.